Welcome to Real Estate Business Explained. On this show, we share insights to what it really looks like to build a real estate business from the inside, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm Sean, and as a coach and trainer, over the past 15 years, I've seen it all, and I wanna share what I've learned with you. So whether you're just getting started or you've already got a lot going on and you're just looking for something new, I'm confident there's gonna be something here for you. Let's get into it. So what I wanna talk about today was the idea of growing a team and building a team and having people with you in your business. And the reason I wanna talk about it is that I think the majority of people who get into real estate don't get into real estate with uh, a spirit that they want to grow a huge organization. Usually most people get in because they might love houses or they might love people and they just, they picture themselves helping and coming from a place of service. A lot of people get in just because they think they can make some good money and a lot of people look at it and they say, you know, I don't want to have a whole bunch of people reporting to me. I don't picture myself having this massive group around me, frankly, I don't really want to have the responsibility or the risk. Um, I see a lot of people who are just like, you know what, no, I want to prioritize my lifestyle and I want to be with my family. This doesn't align with where I'm going. And the flip side to that is those same people often will say, you know, this really sucks because I'm trying to compete out here. This is a competition to win business. And in this competition, I feel like I'm outgunned because I'm going up against all these teams and they've got all these statistics and they've got all these people and they've got like a massive suite of services and things that they can do. And I, I, I don't understand how I compete with that. So what I wanted to share today and what I want, just want to kind of dig in a little bit is that whether or not you have a team of people who work directly for you, no matter what in real estate, you need to have a team of people who work alongside you and support you in your business. And there's all kinds of ways that you can bring people into your world. But if you wanna be the best that you can be and do the best job that frankly your clients deserve to have done for them, you're gonna need a team. And here's why, think about it like this. I like to say that, that selling a house is kinda of like building a house. Imagine, that you had to build two homes. And for the first home, you're kind of the stubborn type. You, you say, you know what? I don't want to deal with people. I, I didn't get into this building my house. I didn't get into this because I wanted to have to talk to a lot of people or deal with a lot of people. I don't want to run a big show. I'm just going to do it all myself. Okay, so the first house you say you're going to do all yourself. Now you dig the hole yourself. You set the foundations yourself. You build the framing yourself. You set up all the electrical, the plumbing, the, the HVAC. You do everything yourself. Get into the finishing. You're doing the tiles. You're laying the tubs. You're connecting the dots everywhere that they need to be, right? You get tired. Time to build the next house. You say, you know what? Forget this. This time, I'm, I'm gonna smarten up and I'm gonna bring some people in. So what you do instead on this one is you hire companies. You hire a company where they come in and all they do is foundations and they pour the foundation. The next company is a framing company. They show up with a dozen guys, it's done really quick. They just, right? Because all they do is framing, day in and day out. The third company comes in and they do all the HVAC. The fourth company comes in and they do all the plumbing. After that, you get an electrical person to come in. They do all the electrical. You have specialists addressing every single role along the way. Which house do you think will be done to a higher quality level, right? Even if you really, really were careful and you put a lot of effort into it, even if you're relatively good, if you're doing everything yourself, what that means is that you're a, general, a generalist. You're not a specialist, you're a generalist. You're, you're someone who's doing a little bit of everything. 
Whereas if you're doing that next to someone who all they do is the one thing that you happen to be doing today, imagine that you try really, really hard to lay perfect tile. And then someone comes in and he's been laying tile for 35 years. I reason that it'd be really, really hard, if not impossible, that you would do a better job than that person. And here's the funny thing. I think that the second house gets built faster too. I think it's gonna be higher quality and I think it's gonna get built faster. The part that's funny is that over the course of doing it all, it might even be cheaper because you're gonna make some mistakes and you don't have the buying power that someone who only does that one thing does, right? Think about economies of scale. If you ever go to the, the grocery store and you look at food and you look at the ingredients to bake the muffins you wanna bake, and then you look at the muffins where you can buy a dozen of them in a little tray and they're already done, they're packaged and good to go, and you look at the price and you think, I can't even buy a third of the ingredients to make this happen. That's an example of this, right? Think about if you go and buy like a 12 inch sub. If you try to go and buy all the cold cuts to put on that same sub that you can buy for whatever they are now, probably seven or eight dollars, then you're gonna usually spend double the price. It's, it's really challenging. So no matter what, if you want to provide a really high level of service and frankly, probably save some money and definitely save a ton of time, you're gonna need people around you. And so with this, one of the things that's gonna happen is you're gonna look at it and you're gonna be tempted to try to save money. So where can you save money? Well, I know that first of all, some of the examples I just used are really specialized, like the electrician or the tiler, right? Well, in your business, those would probably be like a photographer or maybe a website design person or someone who's gonna like put your brochures together for you. That would be like a more specialist role that someone would need more experience in. Then there's also gonna be generalists, right? There's gonna be people who at the construction site are like sweeping up the, the junk and helping move stuff around and, and that could be related to almost like having someone in the administrative side of your business. And I'm not saying that administrative people just come and sweep up. In fact, they're, in my perspective, the heart and soul of the business. But when you're just getting started, you might just really need some basic help. You might need someone who can just come in and say, do data entry for you for a couple hours. If you're moving your database of people that you already know when you get started into a CRM, a software to hold all of your clients, like having someone come in and just do the copying and pasting, or maybe, they, maybe they're at a higher level and they can figure out how to like build a spreadsheet out of it and import it in a really elegant way so that it's all tucked in correctly. Having someone come in and do that would save you so much time, but it might be general work. It would seem, because it's general, that it's something that maybe you should try to do yourself. And most people do this. They, they get in and they say, okay, well, I'm just gonna figure it out. And what happens is you figure things out one by one, which, which is good, but it takes a huge amount of work to learn these things where you might discover afterwards that you could have just invested a little bit of money and had some help and, and you could have gone and focused on the more impactful higher dollar per hour activities that you could be doing to grow your business. Think about this. If you spend 20 hours trying to figure out your new software to run your database and you know next week you spend another 20 hours talking to your office about how to submit paperwork and manage your license and all that stuff. That's 40 hours maybe out of your first two weeks or your first month in real estate. Spending those 40 hours in your first two weeks, meeting all your neighbors in your community and asking them for business or calling every single person that you knew uh, in your previous job or life or friends or family, spending that time instead engaging with people is a much higher dollar per hour activity because if you do it, especially soon, like you just do it right away when you get started, 
it's going to have a much greater impact on the total income of your business. So I'm not saying to get into real estate and go blow a whole bunch of money and hire everyone you can. But what I am saying is that one of the things you need to do is open your mind coming into owning a business to the idea that bringing help around you and having people around you is a really powerful way to actually raise your hourly wage. I like to ask people this question. How much are you worth per hour? How much are you worth? Most people will say $100 or $200 or $400 or $500 an hour if they're already in the business for a few years. And then I like to follow it up by asking them, okay, no problem. Have you done any data entry in the past three months? If you have, you're worth six bucks an hour. That's what you can hire for. That's what you can hire someone for to come in and just help you put information into your database. So be open to the idea that there's help out there that you can bring in for way less than you could earn if you instead used your time to go do something to build your business instead of caring for the background stuff in your business. And I'm not saying that that stuff isn't important. You do have to get it done, but maybe you invest a little bit in allowing yourself to go out and you know, kick tires and start fires. Let's go out and find some business. So be open to it and know that with that, you need to work a new muscle. You need to work new muscle. I'll tell you what I mean. You might already be great at sales, which is really awesome if you are. If you're already great at sales, that's fantastic. But being great at sales is a huge part of this role. And yet anytime that you work with someone, even if they're not coming in and working just for you, like in an exclusive arrangement that they're you know, like a salaried employee or whatever, even if they don't work for you, even if it's a third party company or a vendor, you still need to build your leadership skills. You still need to build your leadership skills. You need to learn how to set expectations. You need how to learn how to communicate what you need clearly to people. And frankly, even if they don't work for you, even if it's just a vendor, you'd be really smart to invest in the relationship. Just like if you were hiring someone to come and work for you, these are the people who are going to be interacting with your clients, helping you grow this little you know, business that you're trying to nurture and bring to life. You need to care for these people at the highest level. Okay. So know that you need to build your leadership skills and, and you again might need to break through kind of an uncomfortable financial period. So another thing that I'm going to share is that you're probably richer than you think. There's a lot of ways that you can bring people into your world without it needing to cost you a lot of money. So for example, I said you're worth six bucks an hour if you do data entry and it's true. I have amazingly talented people on my team who are in that cost range. And you might hear this and think like, that's ridiculous. How do you do that? And what we do is we just hire people overseas. Now, before you get all bent out of shape about it, realize that I pay my employees who are overseas a lot more than they earn working locally. So I'm actually, I'm providing a really solid job for people. I hire them through an HR company. They're cared for professionally by a local who, who connects them with people internationally they can work for. They work from home. This is, this is not some uncomfortable arrangement where we're taking advantage of people. This is a great opportunity. I love the two that I have right now. They're incredible. Um, I'm in communication with them constantly and they're very happy working for me. You could hire someone like this and have them come in and just take all that noise out of your world by just carrying the little things along and it doesn't need to be a huge financial investment. The other thing that I'll say too is like, 
people feel like they need to bring someone in and it's going to be like this huge chunk of money even if you're not doing someone who is outside of your physical area like you know hiring overseas even if you're not doing that you don't have to hire full-time you could hire someone part-time you could even hire someone for as little as a few hours a day or a week um, by just paying them for a fractional role have someone who comes in and just works for you you know two three hours a day or one day a week or maybe you could split them with someone Right. If you and two other agents all need a little bit of administrative support, maybe two of you need two hours a day and one of you needs four hours a day. Well, work together to find someone and make sure that things are clear between everyone, how money and time is going to be shared. And you could create a role way earlier in your business by doing this. Um, you can also bring really high level talent into your world by hiring fractional. So if you want a, a C-suite level um, individual, well, you can hire someone with executive level skills for a day a week. You can hire incredibly talented people and it would cost you a fraction of what it would to hire them individually. And, and the caliber you'll get will often be really high too because sometimes people who are really talented would rather do consulting work or fractional work because it gives them freedom. They're not beholden to one thing. They're not showing up at the same office every day. Some people just don't like that. I, I would get bored doing that too. So know that that's an option. You can also just hire people for a contractor for a fee. If you if you want to bring someone in, you could say, hey, guess what? I've, I've got this, this like contract that I want to carry through. It's going to be a two-month thing. We're doing a whole bunch of work and here's what it's going to look like. Fee-based work is another great example. Maybe you're setting up your, your marketing for your business and you just need to like clean shop and make everything look tight and right. Well, you could probably do that for uh, a flat rate. Say I want my brochures, I want this many of this type and this many of this type. I need some flyers, I need a website, I need my business card and uh, I'll send you my headshots and you just make it all happen. We'll have up to three sets of revisions and as long as I like the layout, we're gonna be good to go. Is really common. You can even hire companies. A lot of people do this over the internet with things like Upwork, Fiverr, uh, 99designs. I've used all those companies. They're great. It's just a simple way to get connected with a whole bunch of people. Um, so there's all kinds of ways to bring people into your world. And again, doing this, what you need to do is build your leadership skills. Because even if someone's just working for you a few hours a day, or maybe they just work for you for a period of time, like a little flash in the life of your business, they pop in, they pop out. Even if they're doing that, you are still leading them, okay? So with that, know that you need to, you need to be careful. You need to be really careful because the wrong person can create more damage than good in your business. Think about it like this. Someone goes to a restaurant and they're happy with the service. Usually they don't leave a review. If someone goes to a restaurant and they're annoyed by the service, they'll almost always leave a bad review. So it's a lot easier to have someone experience something that annoys them and the annoyance sticks with them. It's a lot easier to have someone experience that than it is to have someone be generally happy and say, you know what, I'm going to stick, stick, I'm going to, you know, shout their name from the mountaintops. You need to go way further to the happy side than to the, the upset side for someone to have an experience that really sticks with them. Okay, so bad hires can cost a lot more than a decent hire can. So think about it like this. Um, there's lost business. You know, if something doesn't look right, you lose a piece of business. That's the first layer. And I had 
an example of this with a friend of mine. She ran a massive team, the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of homes sold, uh, probably three, 400 every year in a really high price point, like high class neighborhood. And she hired a gentleman to do flyers for her. And she hired this guy for years and seemed fine and there's nothing wrong with them, just, you know, regular dude. And she, this was like a fee for service. She'd say, you know, we need another 2,000 flyers delivered, 2,000 bucks is $300, here's your $300. Have them go out over the weekend, okay, thank you, here's the box, bye-bye. And so she did this for years. And one day she gets a call from the police and they say, we think you better come look at this. So she's obviously concerned, she goes right away and she meets the police and they meet her at this home in the neighborhood and they take her down in the basement and down in the basement are boxes and boxes and boxes of her flyers. Literally tens of thousands of flyers just sitting in the basement. The guy never delivered any of them. He just took the money, put the boxes in his basement and I don't know, went to the beer store or something. So what happened here? Well, for years, she thought that the flyers had been delivered. So one, she was letting her clients down and frankly, that's, that's upsetting. That's one layer of it. But then also, what about the lost business? What about all those people that might've called all the listings she might've gotten? All the people who might've popped by the open house and bought the properties she had listed because they were told about it in a flyer. What about all that lost business that would've been showing up? I mean, that's one layer. But take it a layer further. What about the mind share in that community that she just never got to have because she wasn't in front of them that extra little bit? the flyers weren't landing in their mailbox. They weren't getting that, whatever it is now, it's probably three seconds now. It used to be seven seconds that someone would like pick something up and read it, right? So she wasn't getting that. All that lost momentum, that inertia,